Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week of the 14th through the 21st. Can you believe it? It's like the third week of August. <clears throat> the summer is totally slipping by, but I'm making sure to enjoy every minute of it. And I hope you all are as well. Uh, also hope everybody had a good weekend. I had certainly one that I didn't expect to have Friday afternoon. It wasn't even afternoon. It was like, let's see, I was doing a reading with a client that started at 10. We were going to be done at 1130, I believe it is. And I noticed that my phone kept buzzing and I had it upside down. So I wouldn't be distracted by the screen but I, I could hear it like it was a phone call coming in repeatedly and i was like maybe 10 minutes or so from the end of the reading and i was like okay i've got to check and see who this was and it was my husband calling me over and over and over again and i'm like oh my god i missed something i missed something big and indeed it was uh, he had gone to the eye doctor just to have a test done because the doctor had thought he'd seen something kind of squirrely in the eye last week when he had his regular eye exam and he thought he was actually having a retinal detachment and he was trying to call me to get me to come and pick him up and take him to the surgeons and uh anyway it was crazy it turned out not to be a retinal detachment which is a good thing but it was equally as disturbing it was um what some what we call wet macular degeneration which means that the blood vessels that are around the macula and the retina are leaking fluid and blood and you can lose your sight very quickly with macular degeneration like that so it was a good thing they got us in we had to go all the way to bellevue which for where i live was an hour and a half drive and uh we made it there without traffic i can't even imagine how that happened a couple of times as there was some traffic coming home was far worse uh so my poor little terry had to have lots of different tests with his eyes had a shot directly into his eye which happened so quickly he didn't even know it had been done his eye was so numb and i basically would have missed it had i not been watching for the doctor to actually do the shot and uh, as Saturday morning dawned, he was able to see without that big cloud of something that was obscuring his vision. And today he went back to work. So, so happy that it all turned out okay. He's definitely going to have to keep an eye on this now, <laughs> an eye on this, uh, so that he doesn't get to this point again although macular degeneration doesn't go away as far as we know in science at the moment. It can be managed and controlled, but it will eventually lead to blindness for most people. So we'll have to keep a very close eye on that. But, oh, wow, what a, that's a great way to start the weekend, right? Saturday and Sunday were far quieter than Friday afternoon was, to be sure. And I am really thrilled, of course, that he is doing better. So I hope all of you had a great weekend. Let's see. Good morning to Tom and Tanya and Pam. She says, beautiful, sunshiny morning, everyone. It is a beautiful, sunshiny morning here, too. Kind of hazy, which tells me it's probably going to be humid as the day wears on. Uh, hello, J-Lo and Erica. Nico, good morning to you. Christine Buckingham, hello. Barbara Doughton, hello. Catherine Worcester, it's good to see you out there this morning. So got a lot of good people uh, waking up here with me this morning. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the planet Uranus. And <clears throat> in no small measure, we also have to talk about the throat center in our human design. And that's because the gate 23, where the planet Uranus moved into, is on the throat center but more than that, later in the week, in fact, I think it's on Saturday, right, Saturday, Mars moves into Gemini, where he will stay from that point until well into January of 2023. And when he's in the sign of Gemini, he will hit all throat center energies. And of course, he's going to be in that uh, part of the chart for a long time because he is moving into retrograde. So we're going to have a Mars 
that is going to activate the gates of the throat center, specific gates of the throat center, not all of them. So we're going to talk about that later in the week for sure. And um, <clears throat> then we're also going to have um, this time of Uranus sitting at the gate 23, kind of awakening something within all of us. So I'm going to talk about that today. And uh, let's start with uh, the moon today, the moon in Aries. Aries, of course, being a sign. There's my cat. Where were you, you little stinker? Yeah. She disappeared on me this morning. Couldn't find her. And there she is right behind me. Uh, so Aries, moon. So today, last night, actually, or yesterday afternoon, the moon moved into Aries. So we had a change of the energy from out of that Pisces sort of slow intuitive, um, imaginary kind of energy into very active, uh, oriented energy. So Mars is the ruler of Aries. So here we have action. So what we'll have to watch out for is emotions that might want to boil over, right? Getting angry or conflict or confrontational energies that are very close to the surface. Not that we're the ones that will be the 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 ones causing conflict but it's a possibility because i'm telling you right i'm telling you don't get caught up into conflict but others who are not quite as awakened or who aren't interested in astrology or who don't even know astrology exists or they know it exists but they think it's evil or they think it's whatever they're the ones that likely will have these emotional reactions to things to words people say to events that are happening in their lives, to events that are happening in the outer world. So as we go through today and tomorrow, we're going to want to be very careful to watch for those kinds of emotional reactions that people might have. And because we're also a part of it, we may be tempted to emotionally react in certain cases. So remember to breathe. The key, the antidote, if you will, to reaction energy is breath, breathing, <sighs> right? Taking that deep breath and the pause, it's a pause. That's the point of the breath is to give us the pause so that we can consciously then choose what it is that we're going to say or what it is that we're going to do rather than just blurting out or just, you know, uh, reaching out and doing things that might not be correct for us. Now, today, as we know, um, Jupiter is also in Aries and he is retrograde. He is still, uh, let's see, what degree is he at today? He's still at eight degrees. So he's kind of hanging tough right around the eight degree mark of uh, he went he went to retrograde on July 28th. So from July 28th to now, he hasn't really moved. So we call that stationary. So anything, any planets that you might have at around eight degrees, and especially anything at eight degrees of Aries could be being triggered by this long sort of seated energy of, of Jupiter sitting there. Now, Jupiter in retrograde causes us to move inward. So he is usually about growth and expansion and gives us the optimism, right? And takes us sort of on a journey of broadening our horizons. But when he moves inward, we're not broadening our outer horizons. We're broadening our inner horizons, if you will. And so whatever house that Jupiter is sitting in, whatever house that Aries is in, is where this inner broadening of your horizons is taking place. And then today we have the moon in Aries uh, in a conjunction to the planet Jupiter. So sometimes that takes us on a journey of overdoing it, right? And over uh, kind of getting to getting outside of boundaries a little bit or not understanding the concept of proportion right? So if a 30 minute meditation is good, isn't a five hour meditation better? <laughs> no, not necessarily, right? So we have to watch our tendency to want to overdo, over imbibe, over you know what, right? Anything. So try to stay within certain boundaries today as the moon conjuncts Jupiter. And because Jupiter is in a sign that is ruled by Mars, and so is the moon, it is likely going to take the 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 framework of action in our lives. So what kind of action is it that you want to take? And in this case, action 
slowing it down just a little might help our perspective instead of just going all out, rushing off uh, and doing things in a way that isn't um, waiting for right timing. And that's going to be so super important, this idea of timing. And when we when we look at timing in when we look at timing in human design in particular, what we're talking about is the right way in the right time to enter into various things with people, conversations, the right timing to do something, to enter into a new opportunity or to make a change. And timing is very much based on a couple of different things. First of all, your type, what type are you? And because a, uh, because a type has a strategy attached to it and your strategy based on your type really gives you a clue as to how it is that you're designed to enter into things, right? So <clears throat> if you're a generator and you have, <laughs> if you're a generator and you have uh, a strategy of wait, waiting to respond, then that means you are waiting for the outer world to give you the clue that it's the right time to do something, to say something, to go somewhere, to start something new, to complete something, to quit something, right? All of those different things. And different types, let's say a projector has to wait for the invitation. That is going to be the thing that you're waiting for if you're a projector in order to speak maybe or to do something or to quit something to join in with something uh all of these so knowing your type and the strategy that goes along with your type is huge in terms of helping you to be aware of timing for yourself so in other words we can all have these great ideas and i know we're going to have them because uranus moving into the gate 23 is going to be transmitting ideas and inspiration to us and we're going to we're going to talk that one to death in a little bit here so getting the idea now about who you are and how you make decisions is going to be key to helping you stay in the right lane to make the right decisions for you even when we have a planet like mars that is wanting us to propel ourselves forward right to take ourselves and move with enthusiasm and optimism and dynamic action towards something and if it's the right timing and you're in response if you're a generator let's say then things will go smoothly but if you're pushing the river let's say you're a projector or a manifester and you're just pushing your way into something then likely you're not going to find the results that you wanted and manifesting generators you guys are multitaskers right you guys can do multiple things at multiple times and you're designed to do that but you can wear yourselves out chasing all of the new ideas that come up and the new opportunities that come up in your life so you have to be very adept at knowing which is the right one for you right or which three are the right three for you instead of trying to take on all 10 at the same time so every type has its own particular way of being able to engage the energies of action okay and action right now is there it's at the surface right we all want to move forward for some reason and for some reason it's the planets right the planets are giving us this kind of injection of vitality and energy at the moment and take it right take it in and take right action just know how it is that you're designed to take right action if you guys have questions about that Put them in the chat so I can see it. I see more people joining us this morning. M.A. Jules, good to see you. Amanda J., great to have you with us. Irene Alberg from Sweden, hello. Elisa Garcia, good morning. Veronica Chandler, good morning. And if Kella, uh, Kajella, I missed you. Good morning to you. And it's good to have all of you with me this morning, Monday morning. And uh, Irene says, that makes sense to me. I am a manifesting generator. Taylor Jenkins, good morning to you. It's good to have you with us as well. Jana, good morning to you. <clears throat> Let's talk about manifesting generators for a moment. Because manifesting generators, there are often two types, right? There's the one type that is very busy, right? They take on everything. And they, they actually can do that, right? They, they can take on a lot. They have the vitality, they have the sustainable energy to be able to do it, and they can juggle. 
And actually, in a manifesting generator's life, when they have not enough to do, they don't do as well, right? So that brings up the other type of manifesting generator who doesn't have enough to do, right? Who sits back and waits for things or doesn't quite get that there's action that needs to be taken. I had a friend one time who was a manifesting generator and really he sat around all the time and he wondered why life wasn't happening for him. Well, it was because he needed to do more, right? There, Sometimes sitting around and doing nothing for a manifesting generator can lead to health problems. Have you ever heard the saying, you know, capturing lightning in a jar and what does lightning in a jar do, but just ping around and eventually explode the glass. That is, if you could even get lightning into a jar. Um, so in the body being the jar, right? If you're a manifesting generator and you don't have enough to do, then that energy is just pinging around in your body and creating the potential for havoc in your health systems. So you definitely want to have enough to do, but you also want to not get to the point of burnout by having too much to do, right? So balance in a manifesting generator's life. And how do you get balance? You choose to start things or quit things based on what is showing up in your outer world and not what's happening up here or what you've been inspired by that hasn't shown up in the outer world yet because you're still uh, at the base of things, a generator type waiting to respond. But while you're waiting, you can do all kinds of things visually, right? You can visualize, you can think about who and what and where and how and all of those things that are pertaining to what it is you want to do. But you got to wait until you have something outside of you. Then you can take action and your energy is unveiled and it starts to move in the correct directions for you. So I hope that helps for those of you who might be manifesting generators and awesome to that awesome Tanya. We could just call you awesome or we could just call you Tanya. Uh, I'm a projector raising two other little projectors, a house full of projectors. Any advice? Well, the biggest advice I could have give for you to help your children is to make sure they understand the concept of waiting to be invited. Now, what I would love to know about your two boys is whether they have defined throats or not, uh, because often when I think about a classroom, right, of children, I had a son who was a projector and I have a grandson who was a projector and both of them had trouble in classroom situations. Why? Because projectors are taking in the energy the sacral energy of the 70% of the classroom that are manifesting generators or generators, and they amplify that energy. And then they rebroadcast that energy and kids, they don't know any different, right? They're just, so someone is the class clown, this kid that's the projector takes it all in, amplifies it, rebroadcasts it. Now they're getting in trouble because they're amplifying all the energy of doing, of vitality, of talking, of whatever's been going on in the classroom. So teaching teachers, right? Teaching teachers about the different types is huge because they might recognize, hey, that's a projector. That might be a projector because they don't know the birth dates. They can't run charts necessarily. <clears throat> they need birth times and birthplaces and school would frown on that likely. But if a teacher recognizes a child in the classroom that is behaving like that, projectors do really well when you give them things to do, when you put them in a position of leadership. They are orchestrators in quantum human design, right? So you give them something to do, it makes them feel good about themselves, and it gives them something to do with the energy. So give your boys something to do. Right. Give them opportunities to lead, give them opportunities to be in charge, if you will, in some way that is appropriate for their age. And if they're having trouble in school, talk to their teachers about that. Talk to them about when to use their voices and how to use their voices. Again, that might be a little different based on how their throat is defined or is it defined. OK, so there's that. But that should help you. Um, help them and also, by the way, help yourself as a projector. Okay. So good. Uh, awesome says, Janet, we need to talk. LOL. Yeah. <clears throat> what I find with projectors, 
projector kids in particular is they don't learn in the same way that most of the kids learn. So I had uh, my son as a projector is very kinetic. And if he could have been in an outdoor classroom all day, he would have been perfect. He would have learned math. He would have learned reading. He would have done everything because if movement was attached to it, he would have been good with it. On the other hand, my, my generator son, he was, he was excellent in school. He did excellent in everything because he was a generator type. He had the vitality to do whatever it was that was needed at the time. But all kids don't learn the same way. All of you as individuals don't learn the same way, right? And your type has a lot to do with that, as well as how the centers are defined in the chart, which is a deeper conversation than what we can really do here this morning. But it is definitely something to look forward to when you have children, right? Looking at their human design, understanding them, helping them to understand themselves and why it is sometimes the teachers are always yelling at them. Why is it they're always in the corner? <laughs> the worst thing you could do to a projector child is to isolate them away from the rest of the classroom. Now, that's not to say that if they don't um, behave that there aren't consequences. That's not what I mean. But anyway, a whole different discussion based on astrology, but also based on <laughs> human design. And awesome, Tanya. Yes, autism with an IEP. I'm not sure what IEP is. I know what autism is. And in fact, you know, one of the things that Raw, who was the, the person who brought in human design, one of the things that he used to say was that, and this was back in the 80s, right? When, when human design was birthed, it was around 1986, 1987. And so this was before there was this huge awareness around autism. He used to say that one of the things that we would recognize first as uh, a, an evolutionary leap was about to occur was a leap in the births of children or the diagnoses of autism. And there's something to do with autism and the emotions, right? The solar plexus perhaps is engaged. I don't know as much as I could know perhaps about that, but we do know that in 2027, we're headed to an evolutionary leap in our uh, human design template, in the chart itself, in the circuitry, in the gates and how they're connected. And that is going to affect primarily the solar plexus, which we've been using as emotional reaction, right? The solar plexus hasn't, we haven't learned quite yet how to use the emotional energy appropriately neither from the adults nor from the children, right? So we have to have the adults that know how to deal with the children who have these emotional overstimulation going on um, or understimulation going on, such as the case may be, and teach them how to use their emotional energy appropriately, right? So it's a big, it's a big job, but we have to become emotionally mature and we are not, but that leap is about to take us in that direction uh, over time. And that happens in 2027, five years from now, right? Five years from now, the children being born will come into the world with a different template than their parents. And that shift will be in full swing. So it'll be incumbent upon all of us on the planet to help these new children understand their solar plexus and how it is that they are designed to use their emotional energy. And by the way, they will also teach us about the correct use of emotions. Uh, awesome Tanya has a defined throat. Okay, so they're also defined to speak, or at least the one is, I'm not sure if they're both that way or not. But I also want you to understand a defined throat, defined to speak, still needs to enter into conversations in the correct way because the throat center is a projected center, which that means it acts like a projector should, which is it waits for the invitation to speak, to share, to talk about something. All right, so I hope that helps. Amanda J also understanding their moon side would help, I think after reading about it. A lot of different, the gates in the moon for human design have a little bit different energy than they do in, in uh, astrology. In astrology, we think of the moon as a timing mechanism, right? The timing of things. 
uh, we think of it as mood and um, the mood is linked with emotional energy in human design the moon is a driving force behind why we do the things we do or when we do the things we do so the moon is a little bit different uh, has a little bit different capacity if you will in human design it's sort of the reason the moon shows us the reason why we would get up in the morning right what is it that we look forward to what is it that challenges us to go out and do uh, and get up and do every day uh, so it's just a little bit different Christine, an individualized educational plan. Two of my kids had them all through school with dyslexia. Very cool. What a great idea. JLo says one of my projectors has a defined throat with 2343. And sheesh, I've been trying to teach her about invitation even before learning human design. Now, what a unique individual you have there, JLo, because the 4323 is a challenging channel for those who have it because they see things in the future they're future oriented um and and they they see things totally differently um and then they want to talk about what it is they see and other people aren't ready for it perhaps they're not ready for it right and they they just don't recognize or value the input of that person that is literally the freak to genius channel meaning that your child has access to information at times to visions at times of things that need to be shared in the right timing with the right people with the right opportunity so that she is seen heard valued and recognized for her contribution her brilliance her genius in the world blurting things out probably what happens is she blurts things out she says things people look at her like she's got two heads and then three four weeks later or months later someone else says the same thing and now everybody's like oh, you're a brilliant <laughs> and then she feels like wow who am i chopped liver right so keep that in mind help help her with that one and um Corinda, hello to you and JLo, OMG. Yes, sometimes not as healthy. So she gets scared. Two years ago, she had really bad anxiety. I would walk her through grounding again. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Now, anxiety is an interesting animal in human design. There are several different centers that anxiety can be born through, one of which is the Ajna, right? The Ajna, the second center down. And that's a function of our thinking, right? Overthinking, overanalyzing, scaring ourselves literally with our thoughts going round and round and round in our head. It can really become a source of anxiety. Believe it or not, the will center can also be a source of high, almost every center can actually be the source of anxiety. But the will center or heart center can also be a big source of anxiety because only about one eighth of the population has it defined where they can sustain and persevere and endure um, using their will. But seven eighths of the population out there is trying to sustain, trying to endure, trying to persevere by pushing and by, um, you know, pushing the river, right? Trying to sustain themselves by doing and doing and doing some more and that literally creates anxiety. And the anxiety can come up too because they might feel like they have to prove themselves to the rest of the world. Now you take a projector who has a, an open uh, will or heart center and put them in a generated world and they might feel constantly like they have to use energy that they do not have access to to keep up with everyone around them. This is a real thing for projectors, right? They're trying to prove themselves. They're trying to keep doing. They're pushing themselves even beyond the point at which they feel tired or exhausted. And when that happens, it starts to undermine not only their mind in terms of anxiety, but literally the health of the body, the health of the body, right? That is the center that rules the heart and the thymus, right? The thymus gland. It's one of the master glands that keeps the body going, keeps the uh, hormone levels correct and rules the heart, heart. So high blood pressures, strokes, heart attacks, palpitations, um, panic attacks, 
those kinds of things from pushing too much, right? We're not designed to push. Even those with it defined can have a burnout situation by pushing. We're designed to allow, not push. Do, yes, but understand that the energy fluctuates back and forth. Sometimes we're pushing or we are moving forward and other times we need to take the break, right? And then we have to watch the dogs. I always say to people, watch your dog. What does your dog do when they're playing? And they're, even cats will do the same thing. They're playing, 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 and then they, they're done. They're going to take a nap or they're going to go eat or they're going to go do something else. Um, resting in between, right? It pulses on and pulses off. Leslie, define 2343 here too. You just helped me and I'm halfway to 90. <laughs> I've never heard it put that way. So good for you to learn that now. Uh, it is a very good thing to learn to use your voice appropriately. And just because you're, de you're defined in your throat, because the 2343 defines that, you're defined to speak your brilliance, your genius, but to the right people at the right time, in the right place, in the right way. And that right way comes with the invitation to do so, right? Saying, you know what, guys, I have this brilliant idea. Can I share it with you? And wait, do not say another word until someone says, yeah, we want to hear it. Or they're like, nah, move on. Don't share it. Don't push it out there because it means either of one of two things. It's not the right timing. These are not the right people to share the idea with or something better is coming where your real true genius will be recognized by others at another time. Okay. So hopefully that helps. And JLo says she's triple split with the uh, right angle cross of the four ways. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Moving off in four different directions. <sighs> I have to be the mean mom and send her to bed at times. <laughs> well, sometimes that's exactly what the projector needs, right? Sometimes the projector needs to send themselves to bed because they have taken in so much stimulation from so many people throughout their day. The only way a projector really gets away from that is when they're at home or alone. So they need a lot of time alone, a lot of time to recharge the battery. And that might mean from a nap. It might mean a walk alone in a park somewhere. It might mean just hugging a tree and really getting close to the tree and understanding that um, you need time away from people. You might need to even, Tanya, tell some of your teachers, your kids' teachers, that sometimes they do need time just to chill out, right? Give them a note to take to the office. Give them, you know, a pass to go um, to the library and sit quietly if they want to. They need that. They de definitely need that time from the away from the stimulation of a classroom or uh, from a, a busy workplace, um, that kind of thing. So. Anyway, we kind of got off topic, but I hope that was helpful for people. I really like it when we're able to do things like that. And in fact, today uh, at 2 p.m. my time, that's West Coast time, 5 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast, I am going to be sharing more human design information uh, with Kathy Beal of um, the Compassionate Compass. God, I keep forgetting the name of this show. But I listed the, the link on Saturday and on Sunday. I will list it again this morning. Uh, it is a podcast, so it's not visual, uh, but you can listen in no matter what you're doing. It'll be live at 5 p.m. East Coast, 2 p.m., but also tomorrow will be archived. So you, if you don't have the time today to listen, you'll be able to listen to it later. So we'll definitely share that again because somehow I've forgotten the name. Oh, my God. So let's go back to our moon very quickly before I go into a deeper conversation about the planet Uranus. Today, the moon in Aries, right? So we have the light of this moon in Aries, and it is all about forward motion, right? The emotions that can sustain that dyna dynamic forward momentum, especially when we are aligned with our passion or doing things that we are passionate about. This is activist or warrior energy. And remember, we have also a connection to Jupiter that by nature is sometimes an activist on his own, no matter what sign he's in, because he's the ruler of Sagittarius, a fellow fire sign. So we have activist, warrior, protector kind of energy coming up. 
it is an energy of assertion, moving ourselves forward, right? Putting our best self out there, putting our best foot forward, even you could say. But in the dark or in the shadow, this can become selfish or uncaring kind of energy. It can also trigger that need to prove ourselves or that competition, competitive energy within us. It can be opportunistic, which I'm not going to say opportunism is a negative thing, but it can be used negatively. It can become hurtful or aggressive rather than assertive. So we want to watch that and keep a balance of that energy also. And let's look ahead at the week very quickly. It's a fairly quiet week. I mean, as much as I'm talking this morning about certain things, it isn't a week that's filled. It's not like next week. Next week's going to be a little bit crazier, but this week it's a little bit calmer. Today we have to talk about the move of Uranus into the gate 23, which is on the throat center. So that's a big news. Tomorrow we have Mercury in a trine to Uranus. That's important because a trine, of course, is a flow, an ease and a flow of the energy, right? So we're, it's camaraderie, right? They're working well together. But Mercury is the lower mind and Uranus is the higher mind. So what we might have is some kind of stimulating conversation going on with our higher self that helps us maybe solve a problem here in the lower mind. So looking for solutions, aha moments, epiphanies, maybe things that come with like you're like, oh, wow, right? So that's tomorrow. Wednesday, we will begin a new human design week. And the week begins with the sun at the gate 29. It's the gate of saying yes. So again, we're going to have a conversation around how do I say yes, or what do I say yes to? And how do I enter into that in the right way for me? The earth will challenge us by trying to keep us aligned with what our passions are. And when we're following our passions, saying yes becomes a process of keeping us aligned with our life purpose, our mission, if you will, in life. And yet we still have to know what to, how to say yes right? How do we say yes? Thursday, Venus will be in a trine to Jupiter. These are good energies for the week. Venus, the love principle, Jupiter, the magnification principle. So we have magnifying love like that. On Saturday, Saturday, are you guys ready for this one? Mercury moves into the shadow of his next retrograde. So we are dealing with the potential of things starting to go wonky be watchful of, of what's showing up in your in your world. And we'll talk more about that, of course. And as well, that is the day Mars moves into Gemini. And then that begins a very long stay. See, August to September, October, November, December, January, almost five months in the sign of Gemini. So literally everybody will be impacted, but especially my air signs. So Gemini, Aquarians, and Librans, and also the mutable signs will be impacted. We'll talk much more about that as time goes on. And then on Sunday, Mercury, our minds in opposition to Neptune, our imagination, our disillusionment, our uh, connection with the uh, ideal realm, maybe bringing us some interesting dreams, uh, interesting things to talk about, topics, etc. So that gives us the rundown on the week. Uh, okay, so now, um, awesome Tanya says my conscious natal Uranus is at gate 43. So now I have Uranus at both ends. You do that is a Uranus opposition of sorts. Uh, I don't recall how old you are, Tanya, but are you in your are you between 40 and 43 ish? 44 ish even, you might be at your Uranus opposition for real. Um, but even if you're not, this is important for you to watch because now that whole entire freak to genius channel will be defined. Now, don't forget previous to July 31st of this summer, we all had the 4323 defined because that's where the nodes were sitting, right? The North node was at the gate 23 on the throat center, while the south node was at the 43, the gate of genius. And really seriously, our path of, of uh, destiny was waking us up to seeing our own personal genius. 
so many times, you know, we get caught up in doing what we think our families want us to do or um, what we thought was a good idea when we were, you know, going to college or just first getting out of college. And then we discover, as I did when I hit my midlife crisis around 40-ish, that I was doing stuff I didn't really want to be doing, that there was something far more interesting, metaphysics, that I wanted to be a part of and having to readopt a different way of being in my life because of that. So here we have this potential then, or you, Tanya, have this potential to re, um, redefine, reimagine, uh, reform your genius in a way that is something that you really want to do instead of you know, keeping yourself caught in an old pattern of doing what you think you have to do. And I know you have a defined Ajna, so a lot of that has to do with the mind. So for those of you who have the center second down in the uh, human design chart green, you already have a defined Ajna. If you are like Tanya, where the 43 and 23 are now going to join up, um, you now have another channel that's defining the Ajna, or if you have an open Ajna, it is now defined. So it could get you caught up into a thinking pattern, but it, it is also very useful to be able to move into new ideas, right? New ideas in the right timing. Okay. So whew, you're 44. So, yep, there we go. 43. I aged myself. <laughs> oh. So now your 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 job your mission tanya should you choose to accept it is to find your genius i know i think you know what it is and to live dare i dare you to live from your genius instead of from what you believe you have to for whatever reason that you believe you have to right incorporate your genius into everyday life every day right giving yourself a reason to get up and live life in joy and in prosperity. Okay. <laughs> uh, Uranus at gate 23. So it is in traditional astrology or traditional human design astrology called the gate of assimilation. In the um, human design, quantum human design now, it's called the gate of transmission. So you might hear it two different words, assimilation or transmission words and words are important here. And I really am finding I like the word transmission because this gate speaks because it's on the throat. And what is it speaking to? It's speaking to genius. It's speaking to new awareness and the inspiration that new awareness brings. By the way, Uranus is going to sit at this gate for a very short period of time from August 14th until September 4th. So yesterday until September 4th. And then that's because he's in retrograde motion already. And he'll move backward into the gate two. And he will complete the year 2022 at the gate two. And then sometime in 2023, he will again move back into the gate of 23. Interesting. 23 in 23. Uh, so we're getting a taste test. So this to me, this is what my assignment is for me, and I'm going to pass this assignment to you, is get yourself a journal. I use, oops, hello, Crystal. Uh, I use these little books, right? They're not so little. It's a three-subject college-ruled notebook. And inside, this is a blank one that actually says, what am I using this one for? Oh, yeah, the manifesting blueprint, right? This is something else I'm learning and that I will be bringing to you guys shortly. And the... The reason I want you to get a book, and it's dedicated only to this, and it doesn't even have to be this big, it can be smaller, is because you want to be able to write down insights, ideas, inspiration, dreams, something new that occurs to you during these few weeks that uh, Uranus will be sitting here. Because these are the, this is almost like all of us putting on these little visionary glasses, you know, that can see into the future and can tell us what direction we need to go, can tell us something very important about who we are, where we're going, what we want to do. And 
that it's a uh, knowledge or inspiration or an awareness even uh, that we are going to share with the world. But remember, we're not maybe sharing it yet. It's going to be in the right timing with the right people in the right way. And that right way is with an invitation, right? Because this ultimately is where that visionary, brilliant, genius energy of the 43 comes down into the throat and gets spoken, right? This is where words get attached to your genius, to your ideas, your inspiration. And this is a big lesson for all of us in trusting in the right timing, right? Right timing. And again, the right timing is when people are asking us for our insight or they're asking us, hey, you know, you're being quiet over there in the corner. What are you thinking about? You know, what is your brilliant solution? I want to hear, right? So we have to trust in the right timing. And that right timing is when someone is pulling that information out of us. And ultimately, this is teaching energy here, right? I have this gate. This gate is defined already in my chart by the moon, I believe it is. So I'm almost challenged on a daily basis to teach in some way, shape or form. And this is the ability that we have to structure our ideas into language. Here's the trouble with the 23, that often you are inspired by something, an idea, but it might come in pictures. And if it comes in pictures, it might be harder to take and to put into words. If you can't put those pictures into words, but you're struggling to do so, then you are struggling against the right timing. So you might have this aha moment, an idea that is seemingly crystallized, but it's crystallized in picture, but you can't bring it to the words yet. You have to trust that the timing isn't right, that when the timing is right, that timing will bring you the words to attach to the pictures. And then you can share those with people. So that's another little quirky energy around this particular gate is that it it's the ability to structure those ideas into language and then to share. But if you're having a struggle around that, it might be because the timing isn't correct yet. So two indications of timing. People don't want to hear it or they're not asking you or inviting you in or you are struggling with trying to put into words what your vision is. That's why this is so important, right? Because here you can put all kinds of words about what you're seeing or what you're envisioning without worrying about how it sounds to people. Because if you try to bring the message in too soon, it gets all backwards or it gets all you know messed up. It doesn't come out in a coherent stream. <laughs> we need the coherent stream if people are to understand you. So your idea book, right? Where you can flesh it out there and you can wait for that right timing. So the 23, the gift in the 23. So we want to look at it now a little bit through the, the, the hologram of the energy, sort of the holographic uh, energy. The gift in this energy is about recognizing that change and transformation is inevitable because what's happening here is your brilliance is signaling time to change, time for a transformation, time to be innovative, to do something different, to, to change up the traditions. And it knows what needs to happen or what needs to be said next, but it has to wait for the right timing. Do you think I can emphasize that anymore? Right timing, because this is projected energy. It's on the throat and the throat is a center that is projected. And it might be different for you based on how your throat is uh, set up. Is it defined? Meaning it's brown. It'll be colored in brown or a brown tan gold color. If it's defined, then you are someone who's meant to speak. Um, and you can do that more easily in a social situation or in a work situation. But even so, just because you can doesn't mean you should that an invitation can literally work to your advantage. Or, you know, if you're up in the front of a classroom or you're up in the front of a, a group and you say, hmm, I just got a great idea. Are you guys open to hearing it? And they say, yes, of course, we want to hear it. Then you get to be seen as your brilliant self. Now, if you have an open throat, which would mean the throat center is white, you are someone that's designed to be quiet. 
and to wait for someone to draw you in to the conversation. You have beautiful words and you can be a great orator, a great speaker when the invitation is given first, right? So the invitation. So when uh, you have an open throat, if you, you want to talk, you, you want to get heard, right? You, it's uncomfortable to be quiet, but being quiet is your friend because then people notice you. They notice you because you're quiet. They don't like you because you're talking all the time, right? Or they don't notice you when you're talking all the time, right? If you're someone who's always jibber jabbering, and then you suddenly have something really profound to say, people have kind of turned off, you know, you're talking because you're always jibber jabbering. And now when you say the most profound genius thing, they don't recognize it. So learn to use your open throat the correct way by being quiet and letting people draw you into the conversation. But another way that you can use your throat energy, whether it's open or defined, is by asking questions like that sounds so interesting tell me more about this project you're working on or can i ask you a question about it right asking questions opens the doorway for the voice to be shared so you have that in the shadow this can sometimes be the need to be right right there's that saying that says would you rather be right or would you rather be at peace sometimes the shadow energy of the gate 23 get so caught up in their beliefs, get so caught up in what they think and what they're saying, their ideas, their inspiration, their transmissions, that it's hard for them to see that other ideas might be right too. So we have to be aware of this. And this can also bring up anxiety here. The anxiety in the throat is about wanting to share what you know right? To be seen, to be heard, to be valued, to be recognized for what you're contributing to the world, right? For your ideas. And with, if you're trying to share this with people who aren't ready to hear what you have to say, then in the shadow, we can become despairing. We can become depressed because they don't get me. No one gets me. No one ever wants to hear what I have to say. Or when I talk, people look at me like I've got two heads, right? They don't get me. So we want to avoid that. And we avoid that by speaking in the right time, right place, right people in the right opportunity. Now, in the mastery or in the Siddhi, if you will, of this energy, we have the ability to speak transformative information to people and insights to people in the right timing that have uh, that that when we're sharing has the ability to transform their lives. Right. Um, to transform the world, even to transform your own life, even. And this is about awakening others in the right timing with the right words. Right. So like I can say certain things to you here in this broadcast and hopefully you get what I'm saying or you can ask questions. But if I were speaking to a classroom of, say, teenagers around about human design, I would speak in a different way. Right. So speaking to the audience and speaking the right words that trigger the visionary selves of others. Right. That trigger. So my words today hopefully are triggering this visionary self that you have. Right. The ability for you to tap into something higher. And then as well, what we have with the planet Uranus being the one sitting at this gate is that he's the awakener. He's the rebel with a cause sometimes a rebel without a cause, but a rebel nonetheless, he does things in a sort of revolutionary way. He sees things differently, right? He forces us to liberate ourselves from the old, which is why sometimes things happen in a shocking way. <clears throat> Shocks have a way of waking us up. Uranus is that awakener and he's sitting at a gate that is awakening our visionary selves. So take note, right? Take note. And if you've never journaled, do it for just these couple of weeks from yesterday, which if, unless you journaled yesterday, from the 14th of August or from today until September 4th, when he moves back into the gate too. So 
Tom says, I'm waiting. Does that mean you have something to say, Tom? And if something you want to share, if so, I invite you to say that. Erica, that speaks to my Scorpio nature, being quiet until I am spoken to. I struggled growing up with my rising Aries because I was constantly talking and needing interaction. <clears throat> right. If only, right? If only you'd known your human design then, or your parents had known your human design, it could help you with that. Um, but it's okay, because whenever we learn the lesson is the perfect right timing for us to have learned the lesson, right? It's just, it's always in the right perfect timing. Flaming Betty Photography. Oh my God, I love that name. Thank you so much, she says. Uh, I love that. Um, I want to pull a couple of cards because I haven't done that in a while. These will be cards that are going to help us uh, kind of be more conscious about what's going on through the week. I'm going to use my Starseed Oracle by Rebecca Campbell and our uh, illustrated or artwork by Danielle Noel. Um, I love this deck. It is one of my favorites that I'm using uh, with my own life, with my family. You guys are family as well. And what we get today is star bathing. Star bathing, light body, crystal grid, transmission, <laughs> activation. Ay, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful card. Note the words, transmission, right there in the card. Look at the star system. Mm, beautiful. Let's see what this card has to say to us. And so star bathing. Okay. The stars are constantly showering emanations onto the crystalline grid of the earth. When things are in balance, the planet also sends information back up to the stars. Many star seeds have come to earth at this time to help shift the planet vibrationally to activate the ancient codes of wisdom that humanity has forgotten. And all of that information is stored in the crystalline grid. If you pull this card, you may be being called to begin working with the stars and the crystalline grid of the earth. Some people believe that the crystalline grid of the earth anchors divine cosmic frequencies onto the planet. You may be guided to journey to particular places on earth to unlock these cosmic codes with your presence. You may also be interested in a practice called star bathing. Download a star bathing meditation at www starseedoracle.me starseedoracle.me this card commonly arises because you're here to connect with the crystalline grid of the earth either in your hometown or by traveling to other places without quite knowing why it also can mean that your light body the energy body in its highest form is being activated if this resonates, take things extra slow in order to integrate this change of vibration. And here's your starseed activation. I, I like this deck because it gives us assignments. Here is your activation. Place the card on the portal of your heart and whisper the following. I open myself up to receiving the wisdom of the crystalline grid beneath me. May the stars and the earth inform and heal me. And as they do, may it heal the earth too. So star activation, uh, can you guys read that there? So in the picture here, maybe you can even fast forward to this moment in the video and get that. And I'll also try to post that, but likely not until a little bit later today. I have a full day. So place the card and you could just, this is the card, just get a visual representation of it and feel like you're holding it at the portal of your heart and say, I open myself up to receiving the wisdom of the crystalline grid beneath me. May the stars and the earth inform and heal me. And as they do, may it heal the earth too. Love it. Okay. There's that one. Then I also want to give a spirit animal card. I've missed my spirit animal cards. And a spirit animal that we can take with us through the week that gives us wisdom. Kind of a, oh, hello there. Giraffe spirit just kind of jumped out of the deck. And card 29, interesting, as the sun will be at the gate 29 later in the week. And giraffe spirit says, see the big picture. That is almost perfect considering we have Jupiter in the mix as well this week. So let's go to giraffe. 29. And it says, 
and it was right side up too. So we've got that. Uh, stretch upward to reach the treetops and look down from a high vantage point. When giraffe spirit appears, it is a sign to observe from a higher view. In all aspects of your life, it's time to stretch your neck and broaden your view, open your eyes to what others need or are experiencing, and see the big thick picture you fit into. No matter how great your wisdom, knowledge, or experience, you don't want to overlook details and connections that will help you better understand yourself and your circumstances. So stretch yourself. Look beyond what catches your attention at eye level and know that not everything is as obvious as you might like it to be. Spirit will bestow upon you a new perspective that might make all the difference. Giraffe, one of my favorite cards. See the big picture. Hmm. All right. And star bathing. <laughs> Good ones. Okay. That is it for me today. Uh, Erica says, when you said stretch, my dog went into a nice big stretch. Perfect validation, right? Stretch. Uh, all right, so that is it for me today. Look for the link to the broadcast I will be on later, um, 2 o'clock my time, West Coast, uh, 5 p.m. East Coast time. I will have it on the Living Astrology page, also in the Living Astrology community group, and in the Live by Human Design uh, community page as well. All right. That's it for me today. I will see you all on Friday. Take care. Have a great day. Bye for now.